This episode is brought to you by KG Productions for Krishna Nose. Good morning. So we are doing the Bhagavad Gita. It's the same chapter, chapter 6 and we will be continuing from verse 28 onwards. So last time we had stopped at verse 27 and we were talking about a yogi. So 28, 29, 30, 31 and 32 are verses connected to this same thing. So let us see from verse 28 onwards. So we are doing Bhagavad Gita chapter 6 verse 28. The sinless yogi thus uniting his self constantly with god enjoys easily enjoys the eternal bliss of oneness with brahman so here we are talking about a yogi now when he says sinless yogi sinless yogi as like i had described you last time is a person who doesn't have any karma remaining in his name which means that there is no agami happening in his life even if there is an agami happening it is basically having no resultant we can also say that it is called nishkam karma so he is performing nishkam karma so there is no agami or kriyaman karma is not happening at all now his prarabdha is very much there that means his prarabdha continues till he dies but there is a massive karma which normally everybody has and that is called the accumulated karma or sanchit now this sanchit karma needs to be cut off completely now the sanchit karma can only get destroyed by the numerous years that you have put in the lifetimes a person has put in so in lifetimes not just one lifetime it's lifetimes after lifetimes a person puts in and that destroys those karmas otherwise there is one other option the option for disrupting that karma is to become enlightened when you become enlightened everything goes for a toss so we are talking about a sinless yogi so there is no karma against his name hmm? thus uniting his self constantly with god now we think that this is just a body right but it is a tool for reaching god it's like a vehicle it's like the means for reaching the divine what is this this is a part of the whole there is a whole and we are a part of the whole now there was a small video which i saw in which the scientist was describing that a person whose one side of the brain was affected couldn't describe the difference between a burning house and a normal house so when that person was asked which house would you choose so in this person's brain everything looked same 
that means the house was not burning this another house which was shown that was also not burning but when the when the person had to choose the person chose the house which was not burning so they said this is connected to consciousness i hope you got that example now when you look at consciousness where does it come from how does it exist that is not known nobody knows it so the example which was set out said that we require only specific things to do why do we have to go to the very deeper cellular level so this is the way in which the scientists were explaining but let me assure you one thing that is just a superficial explanation i am not discounting science science is at 50000 feet level <laughs> it is still not gone to the baser level where it's supposed to be consciousness exists even at all levels not just the small cellular but it exists everywhere inside and outside so the one which identifies this body as i am i am every time when you say my name is so and so i am so and so you say these words so that is identification with this particular entity which we call as a body but in spiritual you remove the body take it out you say this is not me this is not me this is not me this is not me and finally when you come to the understanding that neither the eyes nor the hair nor the face nor the hand nor the legs are you they are a part of a body then you realize that you are not the body but the self so this self which is there within every individual being is an individual self right so there are two selves we say one is the higher self and one is the lower self human beings normally identify with the lower self they will always be bothered about food money relationships attachments desires these are the things which every human being is relating themselves to so it is called the lower self but when you go beyond it is called the higher self so any individual having the higher self okay and has an understanding of this higher self can clearly say that this higher self is the one which will make me spiritual in life all right now this higher self is not individualized it is not you have it like that it's a part of a big superstructure big superstructure all right in some scriptures they call it the soul and the super soul there is no distinction please remember this but for identification and for understanding purpose people call it you have a soul which is not right 
but yet we have to accept it because that is how human beings can understand. So for the purpose of understanding, you have a soul. Uh, your soul is not independent. It's a part of a super soul. Higher soul. Hmm? So the self is a part of the super self. There is a bigger self out there. So Krishna says, thus uniting his self, that is the higher self, constantly with God. So this super self or the super soul, Paramatma, Atma, Paramatma, when he unites himself with the super soul, easily enjoys the eternal bliss of oneness with Brahma. So when you become a part of that, you get all the benefits accruing to that. So let us say you were just a regular employee of a company. Hmm? Now when you are a regular employee of a company, you get certain perks. What are the perks? You get coffee, this, that, you know, very simple stuff. But now let us say you become a director of the company. I am sure you know the director's benefits are quite a lot. Huh? They will get, you know, most of the, uh, you know, what, what we say as golfing and, you know, club memberships and so on and so forth. They get to enjoy five-star treatment. They get enjoyment in some, you know, nice, beautiful places. They have guest houses. These are the perks. So as you become a director of a company or a higher person in the company, you get to enjoy those things a little bit. Think exactly like that. This is like an example for you. So when the self, the human self, that is, you have that self, again, we made the distinction, lower self and higher self, correct? Now your higher self unites with this godly self. So whatever benefits accruing to the divine, Okay, whatever that thing the divine has become a part of your job. That means your functions. You will get benefits of that. So this is what Krishna says. He easily enjoys the eternal bliss of oneness with Brahma. So you become one with the chairman maybe. You know, the bosses. <laughs> okay, we move to the next verse. We are doing chapter 6, Bhagavad Gita, verse 29. The yogi who is united in identity with all-pervading infinite consciousness, whose vision everywhere is even, beholds the self existing in all beings and all beings as assumed in the self. So, this is again an extension of the previous verse. The yogi who is united in identity with the all-pervading infinite consciousness. I just now explained to you what consciousness is with that experiment which that person was doing. You know, house burning house and non-burning house and yet able to understand. So that is the consciousness, the thing which makes a person aware of everything. The awareness comes in you. The awareness is like this. See, for a normal human being, there is a less amount of awareness. Are you aware what is happening just now? Are you aware which products Apple is going to launch? You <laughs> see, got the understanding. Apple is going to launch at 8 o'clock in the night. But are you aware of it? 
Uh, maybe, maybe, little bit, little bit. You know, they are launching iPhone 12. People will say, no, the awareness means having the clear-cut understanding. This is the divine awareness. Now, th think about all the yogis. Think about all the spiritual people. Those who are spiritual, perfect people. Look at them. They may have their eyes closed. They may be sitting in a, a yogic posture. And yet... They are aware of everything that is happening around them. If you go to these kind of great masters, they will ask you a very innocuous question, a very simple question. How is your mother? And then the thing will strike you. Oh, how does he know my mother is not feeling well? You see, the idea is like that. So, his awareness is very high. He is having that consciousness which is the divine consciousness. That is why he can pinpoint those questions. Did you get that? So, the awareness is there. This consciousness is divine. It's a supreme consciousness. And this is what Krishna is talking about. The yogi who is united with. So, this self is united with that self. This soul is united with that soul. What it? That soul means the Paramatma. The Jivatma is united with the Paramatma. And when that happens, this individualized self, which is there within you, becomes one with this supreme consciousness. And when it becomes one with the supreme consciousness, whose vision everywhere is even, then, at that point in time, you do not make out the difference between a man and a woman, a male and a female. A tall and a short, a black and a white. There is no differentiation. A good person and a bad person. You got it? A hero or a villain. They don't make out the difference between that because for them everything looks the same. There is no differentiation for them. And because they do not have any differentiation, there is a very strange phenomena which happens to these people. And the phenomena is simply this. They get equanimity of mind. Now when they get equanimity of mind, they are not concerned. Now, if you do not know the story of a person, how can you make judgment on the person? You got it? Now let us say, there is a young man who is robbing, I mean who is taking a piece of, you know, a bread from somewhere. Now you will say, he is robbing bread. But then if you come to know that he is taking that bread to feed a very hungry dog over there. And then you will feel nice about the whole issue. But if you feel that he is robbing, he is doing something wrong. But when you saw him giving the, the dog that particular thing, that bread, you will say, oh, this is very good. So how is it that it suddenly became good or suddenly became bad? Some person may come and has got a very bad tongue. Keeps on saying all kinds of dirty things. Keeps on saying very bad language. You know, has a very dirty tongue. But turns out that this person is very good at heart. Is a very kind person. 
The tongue is bad, but the heart is good. So what will you say about this person? A material worldly being will say, oh, horrible person, you know. So what if this person is doing something nice in this world? Doesn't make a difference. But for a yogi, for a person who is lost in the divine, one who is in the supreme consciousness, there is no differentiation between a person who is an uncouth person and a person who is a very kind person. Because in his world, both look the same. This is explained by Sri Ramakrishna Paramahansa in a very beautiful story. He said, a monk had gone to town. He met some miscreants over there and the miscreants tried to harm him. They beat him up so badly. And he was left in the streets. Okay? Somebody went and told the people at the monastery, one of your monks is lying on the street. So, some monks came over there. They carried this injured monk back to the monastery. He was unconscious. So when they carried him inside the monastery, they said, we have to at least put some water and give him some milk, something to drink. Maybe he will revive. And then, it so happens that they pour a little bit of milk in his mouth and he revives. He opens his eyes. So the monk who is giving him the milk asks him this question. Who beat you up? So this monk who has opened his eyes looks at the other monk who is feeding. He says, the person who is giving me the milk is the person who beat me up. Shiva, your audio is on. So, I hope you got the whole thing. Here, the understanding has to be that the person who beat him and the person who gave him the milk is one and the same. This is called the state of equanimity where you do not make out the difference between a person who is beating you and a person who is feeding you. Only the great people who have gone beyond beyond. That means they have got enlightened, they have become the divine themselves. They have the equanimity of mind. So these are the same people who will say that the person who gave the milk is the person who has beaten me. Both appear same. So there is neither this nor that. They do not find the difference between somebody beating them or somebody feeding them milk. It all appears to them as the divine doing that job. It is God who is beating me. It is God who is giving me the milk. Which God are we talking about? We are talking about Maya. We are talking about Prakriti. Isn't it? Because only Prakriti can do this. So Maya is doing this. So they understand the rule of Maya. And why would a person get disturbed? Those who understand this know very well that it is Maya who does everything. It's not human beings who are doing anything. It is not animals who are doing anything. It is not the nature which is destroying you know, the environment. It is not anything else except Maya. 
Maya is creating this illusion of destruction or Maya is creating this illusion of construction. Whichever way you look at it, it's one and the same. So for an enlightened being, everything appears the same. So this is what Krishna is saying. For this person beholds the self existing in all beings and all beings as assumed in the self. I hope you got the answer. The self as if he is... Can you send a message to Shiva? His audio is on. He's making a lot of noise. <laughs> Alright. So... He beholds the self existing in all beings and all beings as assumed in the self. See, when we are talking about Brahma, alright? I still on. Can at least call him up and do something about it. So, let us move to the next one. I think maybe we are losing the track because of the disturbance. So let us see verse 30 onwards now. Hmm? So we are doing Srimad Bhagavad Gita chapter 6 verse 30. He who sees me, the universal self present in all beings and all beings existing within me, he is never lost to me nor am I ever lost to him. So now here, there is a very clear indication that Krishna is saying, I am the super self. I am the Paramatma. I am the ultimate supreme divine consciousness. He is giving us that understanding. So here let us try to get this clear. He who sees me, the universal self, present in all beings, me present in all beings, and all beings existing within me, he is never lost to me, nor I ever lost to him. So, when we say these words as a child, you know, at least in school, we have heard this, God is in everything. We have heard these words. Huh? Everybody says that. Alright? Your mother, father will say the same thing. God is in everything. But you want to beat your best friend up. You know why? Because he is doing mischief. <laughs> then how is it that you have to do this? The understanding should be that I have to see this self in same, in everybody. It is not that godliness is there in few and evil is there in few. No. The idea or the terminology of God and the devil, this came into the picture only because of Maya. The see, the, the devil, okay, and the G.O.D. is that small G.O.D. Why did they come into the picture? They came into the picture because people don't have equanimity of mind. See, when you don't have equanimity, you normally tend to say that there is good and there is evil, isn't it? There is neither good nor evil. We got to know this. In the previous verse, we did that. When you understand this, then you will see God in everything. Now this is a very difficult thing for Arjuna to understand, remember. And it is very difficult for you also to understand. 
So let me give you a small satsang on this issue. Why is it that you need to see God in everything? When a person observes another person, say, when you are observing another person, how do you observe this individual? You look at that person and you immediately start making judgment on that person. So if the person is good looking, handsome, kind, you know, look appears like that. So we immediately jump to the conclusion, this must be a very nice person. And then later on we come to know that he has evil intent. Similarly, you know there are those huge animals, collar bears or there are the big lizards that are there. <laughs> you must have seen, you know. Uh, those lizards, they appear very serene and lost in the world. Or even a crocodile, it must be just sleeping like this, you know, with the eyes closed in the waters. And it appears as if the animal is not doing anything. And suddenly it opens its mouth wide like this. Ah, and you see all those teeth over there. Naturally, you're going to get scared of that animal, isn't it? It's the same thing when you meet human beings. You identify certain human beings as mischievous. Some of them are evil. Some of them are good. Some of them are bad. Some of them are really kind-hearted. Some of them are godly. Some are devilish. So we have identified everybody like this. Got it? It is called making judgments on the person. Now, when you are taking up this body, when you got inside this body, whatever body that you have got, now you may say, I am a South Indian Brahmin, I am an Ayyar or Ayyangar, something like that, you know, some kind of a thing. Or somebody will say, Me Thakur Khan Dan Se Ho. Somebody will say, I am a Reddy. Somebody will say, I am a Kshatriya. Come on, you may be anything. Wherever you are born, doesn't matter. Now, Whichever body that you have taken, that body has come up with some tendencies and it has another thing which is called karma associated with it. Why these tendencies and why this karma? The karma is for expiation, that means finishing off. If I have to be born in a place let us say I am born in South America. Then my karma is associated with the people who are in that region. Correct? If I am born in New Zealand, my karma will be associated with those people where, with whom I will be staying for years. Correct? Do you understand this? So the reason why you are born in a certain place is understood. If you have a karma with some Russians, then you will be born in Russia. Some karma with Chinese, you will be born in China. Got the answer? So if you have Chinese parents, or if you have Indian parents, or if you have American parents, the reason why you have them is because of your karma. You were supposed to expiate, remove some karma associated with them. Got it? Now, you may shift to another country. And you may take up this new home. Now you are an Indian, 
who is now settled in United States and you have become a citizen of United States, then your karma is along with those people over there. And some amount of karma which you had in India is now finished maybe and now you have to go to US and get that karma cleared up. So did you get this karma issue? Second, timing is important. You were born at a particular time in a particular place. Now, that karma is associated with time. Now, as a young boy, you have to give the karma back to one of your classmates. Give him something in return. But that classmate has to be with you, correct? Then only you can expiate it. So this is the way how the karma cycle works. So the body has been given, a time has been given, the space has been given, the family has been given, the country, whatever that is needed has been given to you so that you can remove the karma associated with those things. Got that answer? Now, second thing, like I said, you have tendencies. Now, tendencies are of two kinds. One which comes from your past lives and one which you develop in this life. So the one from your past life is the one which you can get rid of if you want to. Or it can, it can literally burgeon. It can become very, very big and huge. This is what can happen. What are the tendencies? I will just give you one or two. Suppose anger is one of your tendencies. You were born in a family where anger literally runs through their veins. Everybody is an angry person. Naturally, the place you were born, you also is going to be angry. I mean, your, your nature is... You will be literally doing like this with every person. That is your nature. That is a tendency which you have literally rubbed it on your body and come. I told you that you can either destroy that tendency or you can enhance it, whichever way you want to look at it. So along with anger, the new tendency which you can develop could be detrimental, could be good, could be whatever. So you develop a new tendency. The tendency of robbing people, let us say, you know, sometimes kleptomania, sometimes some kind of a thing, sometimes going and pinching something from here and there, or sometimes robbing banks, whatever the case might be. Now, this is something which can happen to you. Or it could be just a very, very simple, simple tendency. Tendency of just lying. And you can become a great liar. And that is a tendency. Now, why has this tendency been there with you? Remember, you were born with the tendency called anger. That tendency has come as a package deal for you because in some karmic life of yours, somebody, somebody somewhere had to be given back that thing. With anger. Got it? So, you might have to give a beating or trashing to another person with anger 
and that is a part of your karma. That is why you have anger as the base, as a tendency. Got the answer? So, this whole life has been as like a package deal for you. You have come up with certain tendencies. Now, if you are having a difficulty of understanding, I will explain slightly better to you. What is the tendency of a cat? The cat will have the tendency of purring, rubbing herself against your body, telling you I want food to eat. And then, if you do something, she is going to do something like this. That is her tendency. The cat's tendency is like that. And you cannot expect the cat not to have that tendency. Got it? So the cat's tendency is there and the cat is definitely going to do what she's supposed to do. Similarly, a dog. A dog is used to a certain way of living. It is his tendency. The cat's tendency is different. The dog's tendency is different. The monkey's tendency is different. The alligator, crocodile, the turtle, everybody has a different, different tendency. Likewise, human beings also have these tendencies which are specific to them. So this was the complete explanation for you to understand what everybody has. So some people are so lazy that they can never get up in their life. Some people are so angry that it is impossible to overcome their anger. Some people are used to you know, robbing. They cannot overcome that tendency of theirs. Some people are used to feeling nice about everything, whether it is good or bad, that is their tendency. Some people are born with certain good tendencies and some people are with bad tendencies. Some people acquire good tendencies, some people acquire bad tendencies. This is the gist of it all. Now here Krishna is saying, if you are an enlightened yogi, if you are an enlightened yogi. Will you blame that person for his nature? The answer is no. You cannot blame the person for his nature. If there is an angry human being, the person is given to anger, is not able to control his anger. That is the tendency of the person. Because that person has that tendency, you can't blame the person for his anger. You can feel sad for his anger and you can say, poor fellow, he is given to anger. Got it? The person has got the right to get out of it, destroy his tendency. It is only when you become spiritual that you have the ability to remove those tendencies. When you have a guru in your life, he will teach you how to overcome these tendencies. He will teach you how to destroy this karma. A guru can teach you all these things. And if there are people, normal people in this world who have a certain tendency, the spiritually enlightened people or the yogis or the masters, 
they do not feel bad when that person is given to the way they are doing things so if they are used to saying some bad words the spiritual being doesn't even bother about it got it he is not concerned likewise there are some good people and they will do good service to people you know they are very goody goody they want to help around they want to do things around they want to you know do social service they want to help the mankind the spiritually perfect people are not even bothered about this kind of people you understand why it is their tendency the tendency to be a goody goody person is their tendency and the person for who who is used to anger greed lust or whatever is used to that tendency of his that is his nature and that is this person's nature it is the nature of maya within that person and maya has nothing to do with god it has nothing to do with capital g o d consciousness and that is the reason why this enlightened person can see the same consciousness in everybody i hope you got this explanation they can see everybody as equal because it is their inherent nature which makes them do like that what is a person supposed to do if a monkey is anyway going to climb that branch is anyway going to climb the branch is going to hang upside down that is his problem if somebody is used to anger it is their problem if somebody is used to murdering it is their problem why would this master the spiritual person be bothered about it he knows that that person is actually working as per his tendency now there are lots of people who will always keep on saying you know sorry guruji i got up late sorry guruji i was not able to join in time sorry guruji i can't do this sorry i don't i have to look at them as it's nothing it's your tendency to do that why should i be bothered about it got it and saying sorry doesn't change anything you have already fired a bow you know an arrow to someone the arrow has already left the <laughs> left your bow you think you can get it back no if words have left your mouth can you get them back no so if you have not got up it is nothing to do with me if you don't join it is nothing to do with me if you have done some good service to mankind it has nothing to do with me whether you do good or whether you do bad whether you do something or you don't do anything what difference should it make to a person who is not even concerned about it so this is what he says he who sees me that is krishna present in every being and all beings existing within me he is never lost to me so the enlightened person sees god in everything everybody everybody is using their nature and the nature has been given to them for a purpose i started with the purpose you remember you were born in this country you were born at this time you have this parents you have this nature everybody has been given a certain nature with a certain purpose 
So you have to see godliness in everybody. You have to see Krishna in everybody. Because it is Krishna who is doing everything. This is a very difficult philosophy. Let me tell you this much. It is not easy to see God in everybody. Okay. But if you want to become spiritually perfect, then you got to know this and do this. I hope you got this. So otherwise, this person who has, person who is now seeing God in everything, he sees me in everything, he's never lost to me. That means I am always with this person. Krishna says, I am always with this person. And that person is always with me. I always carry him and he always carries me around. Alright. So now we go to the next verse. This is chapter 6 verse 31. The yogi who is established in union with me and worships me as dwelling in all beings as their very self. Whatever activities he performs, he performs them in me. So now. Just now you heard this verse where it is said, you have to see God in everybody. Hmm? Now let us see, if there is another person, this person is talking ill, is speaking bad words and you have to say something to him. You have to say something to this person. Say, he is giving bad words. You also want to give bad words to him. In a fight, normally this is what happens, isn't it? If somebody is saying something bad to you, you say something doubly bad to that person. You know, when all these husband, wife or friends and other people fight, what do they do? If the husband says, you are like this, the wife will come up with a rejoinder, another one. Then the husband will come with another rejoinder and then the wife will come in and it keeps on happening. And there is a constant tutu mai mai, I mean con continuous fight going on. So did you get it? So this is what happens in this world. Now, if you are reacting to that person, if you react to anybody, any person, this is meant for spiritual people. Those who follow the path of spirituality. Remember, you are saying those words to me. You are doing those acts to me. Krishna says these words. So if there is a person who is saying something bad to you and if you say something bad to him, just remember at the back of the mind, you are saying the words to Krishna. Would you like to do that? I don't think so. <laughs> so if your wife is saying something bad to you and you give her a tight rejoinder, remember that is Krishna you are giving a rejoinder to. Can you do that? No. So when you see God in everything as a spiritual being, please understand that everything is Krishna. If it is bad being done to you, then it is Krishna who is doing bad to you. 
if there is a good being done somebody is doing something good activity in this world that is the work of krishna he is doing good to you and if you have the understanding and the knowledge that it is krishna who does everything and if you do something you are doing it to krishna only at that moment in time you will control yourself then you will not give a rejoinder you won't utter a single bad word against another person isn't that what will happen think about it i will give you one example let us say there is a particular now you are working in a company and your boss is there now your boss says by today evening i want this project to be completed whatever the project might be i want it completed by today evening 5 o'clock now you are not able to do it okay and then the boss calls you at 5 o'clock and says have you completed it and you say sorry sir i was not able to do it and your boss keeps on trashing you he says you should have done it blah 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 and he keeps on blasting you naturally when your boss says something bad to you he will he uses very cutu words very very bad words words which will hurt you what happens to you you also start getting angry and in your mind you say i want to bash you up i want to kill you i want to murder you i want to do this to you i want to destroy your world this is how you talk in your mind you may not say those words now while this is going on the boss says you know what i was told that by 5 o'clock if i don't do this whatever work that i have given it to you my boss that is the the super boss of this company is going to fire me now where has the owner shifted from your boss it has shifted to the super boss got the answer and then you feel oh my god i should have completed it now my boss is going to lose his job the poor fellow in pandemic where will he find a job and if he loses the job i also lose the job so your immediate thing is oh the super boss is the one now because you are having this idea that you got to deliver goods you have to do your job you will then say sir give me half an hour i will complete the job and give it to you and you go back to your desk complete the job in half an hour 45 minutes and you present it back to your boss and say sir i have completed it and the boss looks at you and says thank you very much and then he presents it to his boss and his boss gets pleased with it did you understand everything the buck stops with the super boss you are working for the super boss did you get the point you're not working for your immediate supervisor you have to follow the rules yes but you are actually working for the super boss and when you are working for the super boss this is what you got to understand in your life you are working for krishna he is the super boss of everything because he is the super boss of everything can you say something derogatory to another person that person is programmed to say or do the things in your life 
whether they are good or bad. Who has programmed it? The super boss has programmed it. If the super boss has programmed it, I don't think you have the right to even lift your finger or say anything bad to the super boss. <laughs> so this is what Krishna is saying. See me in everything. Everything happens by the will of God. Got it? So he says, the yogi who is established in union with me and worships me as dwelling in all beings as their very self, whatever activity he performs, he performs them in me. Got it? These activities that you do, you are doing it for the divine only. So now, if you are working for some company, you are working for some organization, you are working for some NGOs, you are working for some private enterprise, you may be an actor, singer, writer, director, whoever, you may be an artist, or you may be an IT consultant, you can be working for some company or not working, or you may be your own business person. Remember, you all have a super boss. And your super boss is Krishna himself. You are working for him. Here I will tell you one more twist. If you are a husband and you have a wife and you have children, you have your parents, you have your grandparents and you are working for, you know, getting the money at home. Please understand one thing. The parents, grandparents, your wife, your children or whoever are property of Krishna only. You are doing service to them. They are Krishna's children. Got the answer or no? So you are not serving them. You are serving the super boss by serving them. Got the answer? So when you presented your things to your boss, you are actually presenting it to the super boss. So did you get this whole picture? So when you are working hard and earning money for your wife or your children, the wife and children are not yours. They are Krishna's children. You are doing service to them because Krishna wants you to do service to them. If you are serving your parents or your grandparents, you are serving your grandparents because you have to serve them that way. They are children of Krishna. So in everything if you see Krishna, then you are serving him. But if you do disservice to him, if you do something wrong, naturally it's a black mark against your name. Naturally it will become a karma against you. So it is always better to do good service to mankind, isn't it? So we move to the next verse now. This is chapter 6. Bhagavad Gita verse 32 Arjuna He who looks on all as one on the analogy of his own self and looks upon the joys and sorrows of all equally such a yogi is deemed to be the highest of all. Now this is a beautiful verse where Krishna says you have to look upon everyone with an equal eye. Now let us say, there is a person whom you may not like in the normal world. That person has got a mean nature. 
and that person comes first or gets a nobel prize or wins a lottery or has gets a lot of money or something good happens to that person immediately the thought will come to you the person doesn't deserve it no but you have to see goodness in it and you have to say very nice congratulations you got a prize you got the money i'm so happy for you you have to be happy for that person you should never feel bad for that person did you get it that person could be your enemy also that person could be the worst character in your life also that person might have done something terrible to you also and yet you cannot leave your goodness krishna is very clear about it you should always be good to everyone because he who looks all as one you have to look at every person as one on the analogy of the own self and looks upon the joys and the sorrow of all equally such a yogi is seem to is deemed to be the highest of all if that person is going through his hell let us say his parents are suffering from cancer or there is some pain or some kind of he might have lost somebody or might be having a terrible problems in his life you have to consider those problems as your own did you get it how would you do this to your own relatives suppose your own mother has cancer will you look at her nicely of course you will go out of the way to help her isn't it now your mother is fine everything is fine on your side but somebody else's mother is ill you have to feel for that person and do exactly what you do for your mother for this other person did you get it so doing good to other people is more important than doing good to your own self if you see god in me in god in everything krishna says you have to see god in everything you have to see krishna in everything can you make a distinction then you are not allowed to make a distinction sir if you are on the path of spiritual you cannot make any distinctions if your parents are ill you will take care of them but if somebody's parents are ill do you bother no so now do you understand who a real mother is and who is not a real mother a mother of a child is bothered her child is sick and she feels a terrible thing for that child but when the neighbor's child is sick she is not bothered the same way she is bothered about her child the universal mother krishna is bothered in equally the same way because everybody is his children that means your neighbor's child is also his child did i not tell you in the previous verse that you have to see everybody as the child of krishna got it it is when you see everybody with the same eye you will not make the distinction at all then you will be very nice to everybody you will not feel bad 
when that person gets something good you have to feel goodness for that person also and you have to feel the pain of that person also if somebody is going through pain you have to feel the pain also if somebody is going through his happiness you have to be a part of that happiness also and this is the verse where he says the yogi has to look all as one this entire world has to look like one only you should never make a distinction between enemies and friends no enemies no friends this is how you have to see with an equal eye your eye has to see everything equally same if you make a distinction then you are not doing anything good in this world if you trash another person krishna is very clear if you say something bad to another person you are saying bad to me did you get it because they are my children your praises have no value you see you cannot say you know oh i said bad to this person and then i said good to him no way you got to have equanimity and you got to be nice to that person being a nice human being being your good self is the most important part of krishna's teaching you have to see everybody with the even eye you cannot have differentiation in this world this is where he says arjuna he who looks on all as one and on the analogy of his own self and looks upon the joy and the sorrow of all equally such a yogi is deemed to be the highest of all if you want to be that yogi the one who is on the path of realization the one who is on the spiritual path then you have to be your good self see god in everybody so we have come to the end of verse 32 and we will stop over here and i will see you all in the coming week take care have a great week ahead bye